You're listening to the Joint Practices Podcast. Dad, who am I named after? You're named after my favorite thing in the world, son. Winning. With your host, Sean Lamont. People are going to listen to the first 20 seconds and be like, nope, this sucks. <laughs> Steve Knox. No, but I'm going to tell Elijah to go masturbate with maple syrup tonight. Let me know how that goes for you. And Elijah Arnold. You know what I did? I put some fucking honey and sugar around the rim and I drank it like a basic bitch. Are you excited, girl? I'm so excited, girl. Joy Practices Podcast. This is the podcast for fans, by fans. It's fans like me. I'm your host, Sean Lamont. Tonight on episode 105, you can find me on Twitter at 11thegoat. I am joined tonight by the stickiest of soups, the OG Olive Garden Pimp, Mr. Super Sticky Steve Knox on the Twitter bird at the Knox says soup. Dude, it's football season. We got two more days. Two more days to get through. See the Chiefs and the Texans kick off the friggin' season, and boy, oh boy, I'm so excited. And I feel like we've had this talk before, but Steve, could you tell me how many people got tested and how many people tested positive lately for the coronavirus? Yeah, the league numbers that were released, uh, the tests taken from August 30th to September 5th, uh, the league conducted 17,519 tests. Only one player tested positive. Man, we were so scared. Week after week, we're going to have a season. We're not going to have a season. Well, it looks like we're going to have a start of a season because in two days, we have real NFL football. And before we preview our games, why don't we bring in the Love Seat Leopard? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't do it. <laughs> on the Twitter bird, at wrong Elijah, Mr. Elijah Arnold. Oh, you doing? It, it's still a recliner. <laughs> but thank you for having me. <laughs> How did you know my nickname in high school? Steve told me. Did Steve tell you? <laughs> Elijah, welcome. We're happy to have you back. We are happy to start the season. And for those of you listening, welcome to the Joint Practices Podcast season schedule because we are now at two episodes a week. You're going to get the preview show. You're going to get the recap show together. And then the brand new Pick'em Show will follow this show. And by the time you listen to the Pick'em Show... It may be after the Thursday night game, but believe us when we say we pick that game before it takes place. So, let's start this wonderful podcast off with some league news before we preview our games. And we start with you, Elijah. What's going on in the NFL? Um, well, DeAndre Hopkins gets an extension. He's probably still very happy to have been traded from uh, Bill O'Brien's Texans to any other team ever. <laughs> <coughs> and I just coughed. Uh, did a deal without an agent, saved a bunch of agents' fees, which is nice. Pulls in a, a, a ton of money to play in a upstyle offense where hopefully he gets fed and has a crazy good year. 
I'm very happy for him. He did not get half a billion with a B, but, you know, he made some money. He's now the highest non-quarterback player in NFL history. Sure is. The only thing I take from some of those sometimes is when you hear the, the he's now the highest, it's, it's just the latest deal to be done. Maybe Patrick Mahomes lasts for a year or two, but then Lamar Jackson's going to be the highest. And then the year after that, I don't know, uh, Blake Bortles or someone will be the highest. Like, <laughs> it's just this rolling thing where the latest deal done is the highest. For hey. a while, I think it was uh, Eli Manning. Like it, yeah. I but have, good, good for him. I have he it. got his. I have it from a good source that there is a quarterback who is about to sign a deal that is going to shatter Patrick Mahomes. And won't we all shit our pants when Nathan Peterman becomes the highest paid quarterback <laughs> in NFL For the history. Las Vegas Raiders. Because Gruden oh, loves him. That would be terrible. Gruden and Steven. That's who loves Nathan Peterman. And that's where the list ends. So... Some rather sad news breaking in the last 10 minutes before we started recording. Steve, what is this? Is this real? Yeah. It turns out that on the last play of practice today, and the Denver Broncos are practicing inside. I don't know if you guys heard this, but yesterday was like 91 to 94 degrees in Denver. Today, they got almost a foot of snow. <laughs> 2020, so, folks. So, yeah, the Denver Broncos practicing inside today, and on the last play of practice, uh, there was a freak injury to Von Miller's ankle. Apparently, it's a tendon ligament thing. Um, Looks like he's going to be headed to Green Bay to have surgery that's going to end his season, which sucks big time because I thought the Broncos were um, headed for a really good year, and this is not the way you want to start, you know, less than a week from your first game. Yes, we know you were very high on Denver, and I vividly remember Elijah's drunken rage. (laughs) (laughs) This is the part of the podcast where Elijah tries to remember what he said. (laughs) Remind remind me? What? I said the the Broncos were going to go like 13 and (laughs) 3. a very good impression. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that sucks for Von Miller, especially since he was one of those players that came back from COVID who actually had it. So I was really looking forward to him just like, you know, seeing the effects, if there were any, on him as a person. And also if he can come back, you know, 100%, no setbacks. Apparently it weakened his ligaments. Uh, That's kind of scary. But I, I think week one is going to be a bloodbath for injuries. And maybe it won't all be, you know, uh, season ending, but you go from not playing. And, and preseason is never, like, totally amped up. But they're going from not playing a single game to live NFL football mm-hmm. where you play to win the game with, with no amp up period. There's no, like, uh, uh, even, you know, preseason week four where, you know, third stringers are trying to win a place like it's going from nothing to everything i think that week one you are going to see an absolute rash of injuries across the league for all the teams i mean if 
it's not just preseason. This podcast namesake. There were no joint practices this year. I mean, a lot of teams get more out of a joint practice than they do the damn preseason game. Because you're not, you know, it's controlled environment, but, you know, the offense still going against the defense, you know, the ones on the ones for the other team. So you're still getting those valuable reps. You're still getting your body, you know, acclimated to the game. Like you said, this is like cold turkey, like the three of us just going outside and running them two miles like we are now. It ain't going to end well for one of us or most of us. Yeah. Right, all of us. On top of that, what do they have? Eight padded practices. Yes. <laughs> like, it's not, it's not a, not ideal situation. But you know. And I don't know about you guys' team, but like the Eagles, I don't think the ones tackled to the ground at all. They did what they call to thud, so you know, just to contact, and then the play's dead. The twos and the threes were all playing tackle to the ground, but you know, your starters. We're all going into this, and what I'm most afraid of is like half of the receivers and running backs in the league are all going to have hamstring, calf injuries that are just going to nag all year. It's should be interesting to see, you know, how long it takes these guys to get their bodies back in, you know, game shape. Oh boy. Do we have anything else on the news before we start previewing NFL friggin' football? Yeah, the Giants made some news. Uh-oh. It's like they're releasing DeAndre Baker Ooh. Uh, due to his legal issues, I'm assuming. <laughs> uh, it's a big swing and a miss for me from Dave Gettleman once again. First round draft pick doesn't play a full season, gets cut instantly. That is a uh, tale as old as time. Oh, uh, you know what else is uh, the other guy involved in that situation with Baker, Quentin Dunbar? You know, it seemed like he was going to kind of get away from this. And then I guess there's some new text messages that have come out that are putting Quentin Dunbar back in some hot water. I mean, that, it was an alleged armed robbery that took place. It has now cost DeAndre Baker his spot on the Giants, maybe his career. Probably his career, yeah. It's kind of, I, I think... I, if, I mean, you could end up with the Cowboys, I guess. Well, true. But the whole point I was bringing up with Dunbar is... If he gets in some deep shit here and ends up having to be cut because of his role, Seattle might be in some trouble in the defensive backfield. And the snowball effect of that, you know, five days before the season. I think Seattle, you know, I mean, Seattle should be a good team. Whether they will be is, and you know, we're going to have to watch and find out, but. That's not the the hit you want to take on defense five days before your you know season opener. Not at all. Ah, uh, shit. Speaking of shit, Odell Beckham. <laughs> I guess some girl alleged on Twitter that he likes to be pooped on. 
the old Cleveland Steamer. <laughs> so that's news. How fitting that he plays for the Cleveland Browns. And he listen. There's a lot of jokes that we can make, and I think the important <laughs> thing here is to respect the man's privacy, uh, and just to let this one go. That's all I got. <laughs> uh, I saw a great clip on NFL memes of somebody put a figurine of Odo Beckham between the toilet seats. So he's just laying out there in the bowl with his hands open, ready to catch it. I have no comment. <laughs> Who put that on the outline? Not me. I did. <laughs> Captain, no comment, wanted to talk about it. He's like, why don't I let him have his privacy? <laughs> he puts it on the L-line. Uh, yep. I'm setting my own joke up, and it worked perfectly. <laughs> All right. Week one football. Guys, we get to talk about our teams playing football. So why don't we start it off with the new guy? Mr. Elijah Arnold. We got the Patriots. Are they at home? Patriots at home against your Miami football Dolphins. Uh, according to Vegas, the Patriots are favored by about a touchdown. Uh, they're home. I think that's probably fair. If I'm looking at keys to victory or whatever, it's going to be preparation. Who comes out and plays? And... While college is not a direct uh, one-to-one comparison for the NFL, uh, last night I watched BYU-Navy. And Navy is traditionally a very good football team in college. You know, they're never you know, top 10 or anything in the country, but they're, they're very good. And BYU came out and ran them off the field. It looked like they were playing with high schoolers. And then it came out early in the game that Navy had done no live tackling in their practices. And it absolutely showed. So I think one of the biggest things before you even get into either team, uh, talent-wise or personnel-wise, is what they did to lead up. And obviously in the NFL, it's very regimented. Everyone gets eight padded practices. Everyone has uh, the ability to do the same stuff. But we'll see if, uh, I think early on, Bill Belichick or Brian Flores had a better off-season plan for what they were doing. Uh, because watching that game last night, it looked like, uh, it was the most lopsided I've ever seen in terms of just like basic football prowess. Uh, Navy would hike the ball and BYU would be instantly in the backfield. Uh, they'd hike it or BYU would hike it and they'd be instantly running for a touchdown. So I think with all of this weirdness with COVID, there's going to be a lot of uh, lopsided games week one. I am taking the Patriots. The thing I'm worried about is Miami up front is so much bigger than New England physically and stronger. So if you get in a ground and pound game with Miami, which I think probably is going to happen, you're going to have to somehow uh, negate that size difference. I am not sure any team is going to come out and play particularly well week one. So I would like to think that uh, New England would like to keep up with them. But I'm not 100% sure they will. Cam Newton is playing for the first time in uh, uh, Pat the Patriots uniform. So I hope and pray that he doesn't turn the ball over like eight times. Yeah, I think a thing that I'll be watching when watching this game is the quarterback battle with 
Ryan Fitzpatrick being named the starter, the one thing you have to watch out with Fitzpatrick is he doesn't give a shit. He is going to sling it. He's just going to get out there. not care. You know? Oh. If he ends up with five picks, well, okay, see you next week. Or he could, you know, do what he did against, say, the Eagles last year where he had like 6,000 yards and 19 touchdowns. He could throw eight interceptions, and he's still going to get a job next year for $4 million. <laughs> it's great. He just doesn't care. And why should he? He's made a career out of it. It's just it's kind of crazy that, you know, he's never been like a franchise quarterback or, you know, viewed as that. But he's always that spot starter that, hey, he can hold the place till the young guy's ready. But when he's in there, you never know which which. Ooh. Which Fitzpatrick you're going to get? Try saying that nine times fast backwards with a tube steak in your nose. You never know which guy you're going to get. Even, you know, think about when he was with Tampa and he went on that run with like, I don't know, it was the first six, seven weeks of the season. He was all over the map. Fitzmagic! I don't even think it was six. I think it was like four weeks. I honestly think it was four weeks and people were like, Fitzmagic! Like, it wasn't that long at all. But... With all the weapons that Miami has compiled in, it could be one of those things where if New England, like you said, isn't properly prepared, they could catch him off guard early. And, you know, you don't, in the home opener, you really don't want to get down too much early. Especially when, you know, Bill Belichick's not a guy that's going to break out his bag of tricks too early in the year. Yeah. But he's also a no, guy that take the refuses he to lose under any circumstances. He'll start deflating footballs, tripping refs, whatever he's got to do. So one of those was factually inaccurate based on science, and the other was Mike Tomlin. <laughs> Where do you think he got the idea? Belichick is the type of coach, though, that's not going to panic about a week one game. And it honestly wouldn't surprise me at all. And we've seen it before against Miami where they ran the ball like 60 times in the game. Right. Yeah. Just yeah. just to see what they have, you know. And so it wouldn't surprise me at all for the Patriots to come out and just play a game of, all right, what do we do well? What do we not do well? And then we'll make adjustments from there. All right, Elijah, let me ask you this. Okay. The New England Patriots will win if... They will win if they can somehow control a line of scrimmage on both sides. And if Cam Newton doesn't turn the ball over more than twice, maybe? Mm. Two time. The whole offense is based around quick throws, you know, uh, uh, zone runs keeping control of the ball, if he starts slinging it up. Well, you know what? I say that the offense with Tom Brady in the past has been based around that. Who knows this year? Maybe we're RPOing it. Maybe we're maybe it's run and gun. Uh, I guess we'll see because I, I don't know. I can pretend to know. I don't know. Yeah, I think if, if you think about New England teams in the past, you really didn't have to worry about the quarterback pulling it out of a running back's stomach and taking off unless there was like a 
free Uggs clinic on the other side of the field, then Tom was there, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We got Uggs jokes for days. All right, Elijah. You made like $12 million from wearing Uggs. Hey, I mean, I'd wear girl boots for $12 million. I do a lot of girl things for both <laughs> 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 All right, so what's what would happen? What would have to happen for the Patriots to lose this game? If they get overpowered, I could see a, a, a game where Miami can hand the ball off 75 times and never gain under five yards. Where they just hand it off, automatic first down, shorten the game. It's just over by the time halftime comes around because you've been pounded into oblivion i hope that's not the case patriots are carrying i think one middle linebacker uh they're carrying two defensive tackles so that's not a lot of thumping power so maybe there's a scheme there well do you think their offense uh, is better this year than it was last year because they i mean the defense excuse me because the defense kind of carried them for most of the year last year Oh, no, their defense is not better this year. No, absolutely not. They also don't even have a kicker. So, I mean, Did they they're going fold? into... Uh, yeah, <laughs> so so right now there's zero kickers on the roster. The kid that they drafted is on the practice squad now. Uh, Volk is are they going to use the that fucking call him up from the practice squad nonsense for their kicker? They sure are. That's crazy. Yes, that is correct. Yes, right now they don't have a kicker. Uh, I don't think their defense is better. I think their offense could be situationally better, and what they struggled with last year was situational offense. They just, you know, third and six, it was going the other way. They they had no answers last year. So I think the, the thought is this year is that third and six, third and four, either Cam will throw it or lower his shoulder and figure it out. So <laughs> Belichick's shit. playing chess while everybody else plays checkers he's like fuck the kicker i'm gonna save (laughs) save a roster spot on a kicker we're just gonna go for two fuck it honestly wouldn't that be do something like that that be amazing completely revolutionize the game he wouldn't do it for a whole season i know he won't but imagine if week one of this season he was just like you know what uh jake bailey's handling kickoffs and other than that we're fucking going for it baby I think Jake Bailey could probably handle the drop kick. Is that still allowed in the NFL? Uh, it is. It's very specific, the rules, though. The last one was by Doug Flutie, who was playing for the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Why I brought it up. You are so topical. I think uh, something, too, that the Patriots have to look at is um, the Dolphins are getting Preston Williams back, who was a wide receiver that missed the entire season last season, and... I think when you put him on the opposite side of the field with uh, Devontae Parker, it's kind of that two-headed monster. And I know the, the Patriots have, you know, two great corners in, uh, why am I blanking, Stephon Gilmore and J.C. Jackson. So it'll be fun to watch that matchup. Um, and they have two more serviceable ones, too. Yeah. McCourty think- and other guy. They have, you know, those two guys are both burners, so it's just going to be fun to watch them uh, try and take shots down the field. Now, something I think we should bring up before we move on regarding the Patriots is old Bill Belichick. You know, he might not have Tom anymore, but I'm sure he's got his sights set on something a little bigger. And that's Don Shula. 
sitting there at 347 wins. Bills at 304. How likely or possible is it that Bill can get there? Right now, I would put it, if you're looking at likely, possible, unlikely, impossible, right now I'd say it's possible. I think this year, I don't want to say it's the decider because in any COVID year, it's very strange. In any COVID year, it's the first fucking one we've ever had. <laughs> All right, so in this COVID year, um, if they go out and they win four games this year, and I am on record as saying I don't think that'll happen, if they go out and win four this year, then the answer is obviously no. If they go out and win nine, maybe. If they go out and somehow win 12, all right, let's have a, yeah, I think we've got a pretty good shot at it. But yeah, this, to, this to me, I mean, having Cam Newton on your team makes it possible. And to me, this chase feels like Tiger Woods chasing Jack Nicholas, where I was like, my hopes are very high early on, and then it just slowly starts to peter off. So we'll see if uh, if that's what it is, because when Tom Brady's your guy, you know, you're thinking, okay, look back a few years ago, Tom Brady's a starting quarterback, and you got Jimmy G sitting right behind him. So you're thinking this thing's just going to keep rolling for years and years. And now it's kind of like we got to slow down a minute here. Because how much longer does Bill want to do this if, uh, you know, they're not just rolling in 10, 11 wins every year and then adding on a couple more? Yep. All right. We are not going to give our predictions for this game. We'll save those for <laughs> the Pick'em Show. So let's move on. And uh, I'll go ahead and jump in here. Because the Philadelphia Eagles are visiting the Washington football team. They are a six-point road favorite. Let's go, football team. That sounds so ridiculous. <laughs> and let me tell you. Washington football team. You know, we did get some sort of positive news for the Eagles who have been already fucked with the injury bug. Will Parks, who is slated to be one of the three starting safeties. Yes, three, because they play in sub-packages almost all the time. Will Parks, he's going to be out like four to six weeks with a hamstring injury. We talked about Jalen Rager in previous weeks, hurt his labrum. He's going to be out a little bit at least. I doubt he's playing week one. And then Andre Dillard, the starting left tackle, is out for the year. We talked about that. But the crazy part is me bitching about Jason Peters for two weeks seemed to have wor- seems to have worked because I believe it was Monday. He walked into Doug Peterson's office, knocked on the door, and said, Coach, I'm going to play left tackle for you. And no, he did not get the little contract extension thing that he wanted, which is dope AF. Or not extension. He just wanted more money. And they said, nope, play on your deal. And he said, okay. I want to win, so I'm willing to do whatever it takes, coach, blah, blah, blah. Jason Peters is back at left tackle for his 12th season, which makes so much more sense to have a Hall of Fame left tackle play left tackle and have whoever, literally whoever, play right guard. Plug someone in. Matt Pryor played left right guard last year. Wow. Who would have thought? So that's a big deal. So I feel a lot better because... 
One of the things I feel like the Eagles have to do to beat Washington is to control the line of scrimmage on offense. Obviously on defense too, but it's so important to keep Carson upright, keep him clean. Washington's front seven is no joke. No joke. It's one of those, like, I don't think Washington's going to be a very good football team all year, but they do have so much talent on their defensive line and in the linebacking core that it'd be just reckless to not, you know, acknowledge they're dangerous. They can hurt you, like literally hurt you. They have Chase Young, Ryan Kerrigan, Montez Sweat, the defensive tackle <laughs> whose name is escaping me, something Allen, I don't know, one of those guys. So I, I'm, you know, I'm worried about that. But JP gives me a little bit more sleep at night. I think to be able to beat this team, they are going to have to have a fast start. Because this is a team with a new coach and a new system, I think if they can get an early lead, it's going to make things dramatically harder on Dwayne Haskins because he has Terry McLaurin, and that's it. Like, they cut their number two receiver, Trey Quinn. I can't even tell you— They cut their best player, Adrian Peterson. I can't even tell you another receiver on their team right now. I literally can't tell you. I knew it, and I— I'm blanking on his name. So I guess the thing that I'm kind of most excited to see in this game is my boy from Boise State, John Hightower, the rookie. I got a bold prediction for him this year in that that, he is going to lead this team in 30-plus yard catches. He's going to get some playing time early because of injuries, but I think he's going to showcase – against this Washington team who seems to not have that much talent in the back end. I think if he gets a couple burners, some deep touchdowns, he that last year season opener, Deshaun Jackson had like two catches over 50 yards, both for touchdowns. They're going to be so worried about Deshaun Jackson. That old Johnny Hightower, let me tell you what is going to light him up. Get your good friend Ronald Darby on the other side of the football this year. Yeah, burnt toast. Okay. Well, it's Kendall Fuller. <laughs> yep. Not scared. Yeah. Landon Collins. He's a box safety. I'm not scared. Miles Sanders is going to run his yeah. ass over. <laughs> Next. I don't know. Yeah. That's all I got. Yeah, see? Yeah. Steven Sims was the guy that I was thinking of. Ah, Simmy. Didn't they cut him? Or did they bring him back? Nope. I thought he got. He's on the team. Okay. Number two wide receiver. Number one running back. JD McKissick. No, Antonio Gibson's the starter. But. He's a rookie. That's okay. They got JD listed as the number one on their depth chart right now. Eh, that's that's all. That's that's gamesmanship right there by the coaching staff. But (laughs) the Eagles win this game if Carson is given time and is able to facilitate the ball. <clears throat> but they will lose this game if big play Slay, old Darius Slay, is not what he has been built up to be because, honestly, the only hope of slowing down Terry McLaurin is Darius Slay 
because in both games last year, Terry McLaurin ate the Eagles up. So Slay's got to lock him down or at least slow him down. You know, I'm okay if he has, you know, like two catches for 60 yards, you know, two good balls. But for the rest of the game, he shut down no long touchdowns. I take that as a win all day. Jonathan Allen was the name that you were Jonathan thinking of. Jonathan Allen. Who's the other defensive lineman? They have two really good defensive linemen. Jonathan Allen and... Uh... His last name's Payne, but I can't think of his Deron first name. Payne. That's it. There it is. Thank you, Mr. Soup. Sticky Steve Knox. So I won't give my prediction for this game. <clears throat> we'll save that for the Pick'em Show, but... I know in our prediction show, we've said this before, that we used a website to just you know, pick the games real quick. I had the Eagles going 13-3 and three as the one seed. Let me just say that I don't think anybody has a shot at that one seed that's not called the Nolan Saints. The Eagles' win total, however, has an over-under of 9.5. And, and I am honestly unsure which side of that to go on. I could see a scenario where they win 12 games. I also think it's more likely in this division to see 9 and 6 and still win the division, you know, but or 9 and 7 even. 9 and 7 is what I meant, but my underwear was not on straight. So, we'll give it from Steve. That's two. I put a Beckham jersey on my chair. Oh, you're bending it? That's why I'm doing this. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right, Steve. Well, since you're talking shit already, how about (laughs) (laughs) the Minnesota Vikings? Week one against Stevens Green Bay Packers, and he's here to talk about it. Steven, what do you think? Okay, Steven's Uh... not here. Steve, why don't you tell us about this? Minnesota Vikings team and their chances at winning this football game. For the first time in forever. In ever, the Minnesota Vikings are hosting the Packers week one. Never happened before. What? So 2020 continues to impress. Um, I mean... (laughs) Lovely to start off the uh, season with a division rival. Always makes the game that much more interesting. And I think if you look back at last year, the Vikings lost both games they played against Green Bay. And they were both really ugly games. So I think, you know, both of these teams getting knocked out of the playoffs by San Francisco last year, and I believe they both lost by 17 points to San Francisco. Um, I think they're going to be fired up, both of them, trying to get back there and uh, hopefully do better this year. I do think that uh, you're obviously, if you're the Vikings, you need to slow down the errands. You don't want either Aaron to have a really good day against you. Um, and I think a big question is, with the Vikings having this retooled defense, you know, can they be 
an elite defense when they've made all these changes. They have a very, maybe even the youngest secondary in the league. Um, it's it's going to be tough to see who gets the assignment on uh, Devontae Adams. He's a guy you don't want to let beat you all day long. Because he but can. I think getting pressure, yeah, getting pressure on Aaron Rodgers is uh, of the utmost importance on the defensive side of the ball. Offensively, obviously, when you're going to run passing plays, and I hope they do a lot more play-action stuff this year because that's where Cousins has most of his success. Um, be, you know, looking to keep him upright. They they can rush the, the quarterback just as well as almost anybody else in the league or in the NFC at least. And so you're trying to stop that from, from happening. You don't want Kirk on his back all day long. And uh, after that, maybe let's get Dalvin Cook going again. If you remember in week two last year, he ran the ball 20 times for 154 yards and a touchdown against the, uh, the Green Bay Packers. Didn't play in the second game because he had a shoulder injury, but I mean, wouldn't be bad, I guess, week one. Rip off 150 yards, call it a day. It would be good for the old fantasy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you picked him up in our league, in our uh, podcast league. I went Nick Chubb, Dalvin Cook back to back. It's not a bad, not a bad team at all. I have another league I was in, not to get off topic, where I did the whole, I went one running back and then I went receiver. And then by the next time I had a pick, there were no running backs left. <laughs> I was choosing between Fred Smith and Fred Jones. Yeah. It does seem as though the there's a lack of depth at like quality running backs. I wish I had paid more attention to that because I probably would have scooped up two real good ones to start. Right, yeah. Because, I mean... Take a lesser receiver. In our league specifically, like, we got towards the end of the the draft, and I'm like, holy crap, look at how many receivers are still available. Like, starting receivers. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of starting receivers, something I'm going to be watching for, and you brought up your rookie receiver, Sean. I'll be watching... Justin Jefferson, I want to see how the transition from college to the NFL is for this guy. Here's a guy that caught 99 balls at LSU last year where he had at least one step of separation from the guy covering him. So I want to see, can he do similar things in the NFL? I mean, you're never going to catch 100 passes in the NFL where you have a step of separation, but... You'd like to see if he can uh, kind of rival the speed that's across from on the field, um, and he's he's going to play a you know pivotal role in any success that this offense is going to have. So I'm I'm looking to see you know can he get started and can he hate the Packers like right off the bat? Man, if that's a big thing, you you don't want to underestimate the loss of Stefan Diggs because whether or not he was a problem in the locker room. You know, obviously he didn't want to be there, but you still can't, like, forget what he meant to that offense as a player. It puts a lot more, you know, what am I trying to say here? 
puts a lot pressure. of pressure, yeah, on Adam Thielen to go out there and produce. And it would be really helpful, you know, if a guy like Jefferson or BC Johnson or somebody really takes the next step and steps up. Because if you're just relying on, you don't want to be a team who, you know, has that one really good receiver. Because if they get locked down, you know, we saw it happen in Green Bay to Green Bay last year, where once the uh, Devontae Adams went out with his little turf toe, like the team floundered because they just, you know, they had MVS and Adam Lazard and all these other guys, but they, without that guy on the field like Devontae, they hadn't, you know, they couldn't move the ball. So, yeah, they, the Packers last year were like the strangest 13 and 3 team ever. Like they probably, you know, 10, 11 wins seems more reasonable. They only had a, uh, a point differential for the season of like 64. So, like, that's it's not ideal. Like, they, they've won the most close games. And, I mean, can, that's the reason that the, the Vikings probably lose this game is because Aaron Rodgers can make a big play in the fourth quarter. So, let's see if Aaron Rodgers is still Aaron Rodgers. Because for, for my money, I would expect there's still something in the back of his head, no matter how much he downplays it. That there's a guy on the sideline. Yeah, he's looking over his waiting shoulder. to take his job. Mm-hmm. So, so maybe we'll see. that can either is... motivate him or it's gonna distract yeah. him. So we're about to find out. Because when you, you look at his age, he's the same age now as Tom Brady was when the Patriots drafted Jimmy Garoppolo, and Tom Brady had an absolutely amazing season that year. So if Aaron Rodgers can do similar things, then you know the Packers will set up for a great year. And if not, then you know who's who's to say they could probably still win this division at eight and eight. That's just one of those things that happens around here. Like, yeah, the Vikings three point favorites at home. That's basically a push. They give you a three point advantage. Yeah, <laughs> just because you're playing Odell home. Beckham. <laughs> well, similar to the Eagles, over under for wins for the Vikings this year, nine. In that division, I feel like that's a good number. We also should take into account that there is an extra playoff seed this year. There is, you know, a seven seed. So a team going nine and seven is not the end of the world, especially in the NFC, where I mean, if you look at the AFC, you have the Chiefs, the Ravens, and then there's Nobody within two tiers of them. The NFC, I mean, the one seed could go from anybody, the Vikings. It could be the Packers. Could It will be the Saints. You know, maybe it's the Buccaneers. Maybe it's Seattle. Maybe it's the Niners. Maybe it's Dallas. Or the Rams. Maybe, yeah. It, maybe it's the Eagles. It could be literally any team. The NFC is such a crapshoot where I think we're going to have seven really fucking good football teams in the playoffs where, you know, we watch the AFC playoffs, and we're just waiting for the Chiefs and the Ravens to play each other in the AFC championship. <laughs> Sorry, Elijah. Oh, I mean, that's how the AFC's kind of been the last 20 years, though. It's who who do the Patriots play in the AFC championship this year? Like, who's the new contender? And now it seems like you have it all figured out. So there could always be that surprise. And, the I mean, the Vikings went 9-7 and seven last year. They were the sixth seed, which we know you have to watch out for. Oh my God! Now but how Minnesota Vikings 
would it be for them to be the first ever NFC seven seed in the playoffs? Yep. Because they went nine and seven last year, and I'm like, on all accounts, I didn't think they had a very good year. I mean, beat up by injuries and the defense, especially the secondary, was poor. So for them to go nine and seven, I mean, a little loosey goosey, you know, if you can tighten up the screws a little bit, maybe. Like we'll show 10, 11 wins, but this is like a, I mean, this is a perfect betting line to make them at nine wins because it's, it's literally the fall line. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. The magical world of the Joint Practices Podcast. It's going to come to an end for episode 105, but stay tuned to the feed because you will see the Pick'em Show coming up real soon. We'd like to thank everybody who is listening, who is still listening. We thank you. And also, you can be a part of our show as well if you'd like. We like to have people on to talk about their team, whether it's the Titans, whether it's the Packers, Patriots, whatever it be. You can be on the show. Just hit us up jointpracticespod at gmail.com or tweet literally the show or any of us three hosts we will get you on and we'll talk about your team we'll ask you seven football questions seven non-football questions which we were using the same questions for a while we're going to mix that up for the next seven on seven I think each of us host is going to come up with a new question to mix in there so if you want to be the first to go through the JPP gauntlet let us know. So before I do my little spiel, I, I uh, gave you the stats, the 17,519 COVID tests. One guy tested positive. I just looked at the Twitter post on it and somebody commented on it because somebody was like, who was the one guy? And somebody replied to him. He said, we know it wasn't Nelson Aguilar because he can't catch anything anyways. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> oh, so uh, what are you listening? On Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, or Blueberry. You know what to do. Subscribe button. And get, get that nice little update on your device. Hey, Brent Practices has a new episode. And make sure you uh, go ahead and rate us five stars because, I mean... You listen the whole way through, so it's got to be five-star worthy. And uh, write a nice little review, share with your friends. Throw it on Facebook, FaceSpace, MySpace, Twitterbird. Share it around. And send us a tweet at Joint Practices, at 11 to go at The Nog Says, at Long Alive, that tweet. Uh, this week, I'm going to make up the hashtag... Um, Finally football. Hashtag finally football. Let us know you're listening. Love to hear from you. With the hashtag finally football. We finally have football. You get it? Yep. Hey, Elijah. Yep. On the next episode that we do, and you have to give a little spiel at the end of the episode, you should um, act like you like being here. <laughs> 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 I have to pee <laughs> so bad right now. <laughs>
and Steve just kept talking <laughs> and talking. Just do it. Just and do I it. just wanted to go pee. That's Steve's and end of the year. Do the little spiels. End of the episode. Just I was you, told man. not to get ranty and not to yell this week, so I was just doing my job. Who told you that? I told myself that. You're Technically, fired. maybe my wife told me that because she listened and said I was quote unquote out of control. No, there's no, there's no control in the first place. So. Yeah. You just gotta, there's no out of bounds well, in there's been a little control because I haven't peed on. my pants yet, but that's up in the air. All right, baby. Week one. Here we come. Fly goes fly, baby. Oh, my kids. I have to pee. Yeah. Jeez.